0: Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off The Bench. All right, welcome back, Off the Bench Podcast, episode 61. And uh, man, Jason, there's a lot going on right now. We get to talk about some teams that are still alive, making some deep runs in the uh, in the state playoffs.
1: Yeah, man, it's super exciting. Uh, You have Bullard basketball, Bullard boys basketball. You have Clovis North boys basketball. We talked about uh, we talked about that when we had Tim Amundson on the radio show. It's just right. All the Amundson, all they do is win, man. Even uh, it's funny with Ty's daughter. The other brother in Arizona, she just won her third straight state championship in Arizona. Jeez. So, like, I'm just, I'm literally telling you, that's this family just wins. And we joked around how I don't remember the last year, and Amundsen was not in the section championship. Granted, both Amundsons were not in the section championship this year, but they're, I think they're fine with that. With their deep state runs, they're one game away from being in the state championship.
0: Yeah, they so, were they were close enough to that to act to make state still. So yeah, they could wind up at. At uh, Golden One Arena.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, just two of the hardest working, you know, coaches in this program, and and it's just a testament to wherever they go, right? Like, wherever they've gone, they've been successful, right? Like, it's one thing to be at one school and have all that success, but to be able to go to multiple schools and have all that success is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they've both done it at Bullard, you know, Tim was at Central yeah. and Clovis East and now Tony's at north yeah. and you're right, it doesn't matter where they go, they just they just win.
1: You know, yeah. So it's just uh super exciting for them and hopefully uh tomorrow, right on Tuesday when this releases, you know, they can take a take care of business and uh get a bid to uh Sacramento, man. It'll be exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy, right? It's it it feels like with Tony, it it kind of feels like he's just getting started, right? I mean, Connor's only a sophomore and then he's got He's got his other son coming up, and Lucas yeah. Lucas Jones is only a freshman out there. Like, man, they got kids coming up still. Like, they're just getting it going over there.
1: No, and I've I said that from, you know, they had – we did the Demetrius Porter, uh, right, the junior high thing, and, you know, you have McKay, who's uh, Tony and Michelle's youngest son, and there were two other kids from Granite Ridge as well, and you know they're going to have a good class. They're going to, you know, they're going to be deep, and they're going to be prepared, and – um. Yeah, it's going to be good. You know, you have – Bern Espinoza is only a sophomore as well, and so they're a very, you know, very, very talented class, and, the, you know, the expectations are extremely high over there at Clovis North.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, we've uh, we've got to mention, you know, there's uh, another team in town, some girls over at San Joaquin Memorial that are uh, yeah. killing it right now, man. And we kind of – you know, as soon as those brackets came out for state playoffs – both you and I immediately were like, "Oh, they're going to win that."
1: No, and you know them being in Division Two, and they, you know, they 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 were battle tested all year. Uh, they played an extremely tough schedule, and you know, like they had their issues with their coaching staff. They had issues with not being a hundred percent. You know, not having their roster all together, and I think it was actually probably beneficial just because you know you you have freshmen who. Were forced to be put in different positions that they're probably not accustomed to, and now, right? They're 100%. Um, Alexis Swilless is just out here dominating. do is just, you know, just is she's just out here taking over. You have Meta Roland, right? You bring Asha back. Like this team, this team is battle tested. They've gone through adversity, right? Coach Warren, the you know the new Memorial staff, the girls taking over the new coaches. Like they are just absolutely just dialed in, locked in. Um, text, text my girl Asha. Kept wishing her, you know, good luck, congratulations, and you know, she's just, she's like, we got this. She's, talking like, about gonna go get two rings. Yeah. And so you know, just wish, you know, wish them the best of luck. But yeah, Memorial girls, man, it's super exciting what they're doing, and um,
0: yeah, you know, it'd be awesome if we can get three, you know, three teams in the in state. Yeah, that would be it. Would be next level, man. I I know for sure. You know, this, this Memorial Girls team, you know, you talked about it, but they've had a, a couple of different stages this year, right? They started off the season with these super high expectations, and then they fall, and I think it was in overtime to, you know, St. Mary's up in Stockton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, had some issues with the coaching staff, and, you know, but halfway through, you know, they get Asha back. That's a, a huge deal, right? She kind of leaves yeah. them, and they go they go as she goes. And you're right, the freshmen getting getting some extra playing time and, you know, it really does feel like they've, I think they've, may they have figured out the coaching thing right now, so.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think it brought them together as a team, you know, brought them together as a team, brought them as a community, like I you know, like, they've gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly, yeah. you know, and, and when you go through that as a team, you become stronger, you become more united, and you see that, you see that, how they play and how, you know, just, they're a better unit for it, and. I, you know I I don't I don't think if they don't go through this adversity that they had to go through in the beginning of the year and the middle of the year they're not you know they're not at this point and so it's only you know made it's only made them stronger.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know I'm going to try to get over there tomorrow to uh to see them play and see if they can make it to the uh to the state finals. I got a I got a tennis match over at Fresno High tomorrow afternoon and hopefully that'll get done in time so I can get over to Memorial. <laughs> Yeah, but... but then you got to give a shout out too, though.
1: Like, you know, it's unfortunate yet, you know, we have two public schools in the open division uh, from the same high school, right? You have Coles West, the boys, Columbus West girls. Um, and, you know, it's what they're doing at a public school is not, you know, you just don't see that very often. And right. They lost to Columbus West lost a very good Modesto Christian team at the, you know, down to the wire, very
0: good team. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean honestly that game could have gone either way.
1: You know, and that's you know, and it's you look at Modesto Christian, they got a kid who has a bunch you know, they got kids who have multiple D one offers already and and it's on paper that game shouldn't even be that close, right? And for some reason somehow Pobus West is able to find a way and just battle and battle and at the end of the you know, there's just the problem is, you know, they've they've been down and they've just everyone knows like even when they're down twenty or something like hey, it ain't over yet, and it's just you know they just couldn't make up, they just couldn't make it up at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but you're right, man. Two, you know, boys and girls over there, at West, getting their getting the job done for the most part. I mean, that's that's an unbelievable run to go that far in the state playoffs, and you know, Campbell doing it with the girls. I mean, it's just a, it's just an expected thing. You're in, you're out now. That they're gonna, you know, do, they're gonna be in that state open division, toughest tournament in the country.
1: Yeah, you know, and, you know, the crazy thing is I didn't know this, but I guess Archbishop Mitty for Clovis West girls has been their nemesis. If there's going to be a team that knocks off Clovis West girls in the state playoffs, it's Archbishop Mitty. So that is something I didn't realize, I didn't know. Um, I think it's at least uh,
0: – I think it's like the third time they've played. I know they met in the state finals one year, and that was in 17 when Clovis West beat them.
1: And uh, so that's what, yeah, one of uh, – one of Campbell's former players and then one of the coaches on the staff too told me that, you know, that's, that's a team that, uh, they've, you know, they've battle tested against. It's almost kind of like a central's Folsom.
0: Yeah. That's there you go. Yeah, that, football.
1: yeah. It's just that team that, you know, you're right there and got to get over that hump, you know, and that's one of the things that you probably, you probably go on to assume they beat them. They're probably going on, you know, the state championship or something like that, but
0: yeah, yeah. hundred percent. So just man, it did, even if it, even though it didn't go their way in the end, unbelievable year. I mean, no, just makes you, year. just makes you wish you could f- push fast forward and get to next year already because they're they're just so good, right? They're just, uh, it's there's so they're just both
1: teams. You, yeah. know, you look at both teams to see the both. At the end of the day, they're going to be top ten teams in the state of California, right? And be at public schools. Um, you look at all the schools that are left, and all the schools, right? Most of them in the open division are private schools, and they're private schools that are right in the, you know, we're talking about the Bay Area, the you know, Stoke L.A. area where it's, you know, it's it is just, it's open where you can come and bring people. It's just open recruitment. Like, there's no right, like kids are getting passed around. Like, kids are going to, like, three different high schools. You know, and so to be able to hang and compete with those type of schools, you know, like those, you know, those kids have high major, you know, those those are like high major D1s. Some McDonald's All-Americans are coming out of those schools and for them to be you know in the same sentence same sentence with those schools it's just a testament and to the hard work of you know Campbell and uh, coach Wahlberg.
0: yeah, yeah absolutely 100 percent they're getting it done over there and it's uh man, it's fun to watch. I'm glad we have a program like that you know at that level so no shame yeah. in, no shame in losing in the open division no. it's uh no. it's unbelievably tough up there so no.
1: No, and we know, like, let's be honest. If they were both like in just Division One, they probably wouldn't stay Yeah. Know? Like, if they were just so, you can't. Yeah. yeah if they if,
0: if they find themselves in any other bracket, they're winning the state title. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I got a question for you, Jason. Yes. Okay. Somebody hit us up on Twitter. Asked this question. I want to read it here. And the guy says, uh, "He says, serious question: What's the difference between a high school quote recruiting?" Versus receiving transfers. Oh, good question. So, like, receiving transfers is like right, people kind of just
1: move in because you have a great basketball program, right? Like, yeah, if I'm if, moving in.
0: if I'm an athlete and I'm saying, you know, I think that guy over there, Jason LaFour, he's got a good program going on. I've never met him, but you know, I, uh, I want to go play for him. I want to transfer over there.
1: Well, like you have like a lot of times like. Like, I'll say, like, different things. Like, uh, the person that kind of comes to my mind is, like, an Elliot Barry, right? Like, he played at Clovis West. Like, he moved in from, like, the Midwest. Or, right? you got people who kind of just move into the area, right? And they're looking. Like, Kevin Bailey, right? He moves in. They're looking at what school. What school should my kid go to? What school should I go and look into and go? And, right, they kind of just – they move into the area. Whereas recruiting, let's be honest, right? Like, you have different things, and if they say that – I'm not going to name schools or name names but a lot of these coaches what you do is you have feeder programs you have youth levels a lot of them they're talking with they're going to AAU tournaments they're talking to either their parents when they're in junior high elementary school they're talking to the their coaches right and so a lot of times you actually have people that you're talking to maybe their AAU coach or their skill you know their workout guy their skills trainer and a lot of times that's how it goes you have those connections those plugs and if a kid might not be right he might be at another school or the child might be at another school and then the skills trainer right the coaches has connection with the skills trainers like hey you know they're struggling over there why don't you bring them you have some coaches that are just blatant where they just literally will text the kids text the players text the parents and just you know you have some coaches that are blatantly just doing it and the smart coaches they do it, at, they get them in elementary, junior high, right? You can kind of see which kids are the better ones in elementary and junior high and you kind of get them. And I'll say this in Clovis Unified, if you get a kid who moves in, you can get them going into their seventh grade year, They're grandfathered in, right? So if I have a kid that, right, is in a Clovis High area and I want to go, we'll say Buchanan area, I have going to get them to commit to go to Alta Sierra because there's no issue. Now they're at already at Clark and I try to get them. Now you have to sit out a year, but, but yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah. There's a huge difference.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I think I know I have an idea at least as far as where, what caused this question to come through. And uh, cause we got a text the other day from somebody else who was kind of asking something similar, like, you know, what, what's going on here? Um, and I do think there's there's a bit of a fine line, right? Between you know, they, you may have a, a school that's not recruiting, um, but ha- does have several kids that transferred in. And if that's the case, you may want to not, you know, be on social media bragging about your well, home, your homegrown well, program. Like, I'm not but, like, here's my thing is, so, like,
1: you have let's we're going to talk, I'll talk about Buchanan baseball, right? You have you have that person going on social media who's literally going and DMing kids and just like, hey, why don't you come to Buchanan baseball? Yes. Whereas you have other people where they all play together on an all-star baseball team as youth, right? And all decide, hey, where can we all go to school together? Right? There's a difference, right? Because Buchanan's kind of done, has done it for baseball where they've had kids that you know they've all played youth travel baseball together and they decided like, hey, we should all go, let's all go to Buchanan, right? Okay, they all go to be candid. That's one thing. And then there's the other issue where you have other people who are literally DMing and it's like, hey, you would be great here for this. So there's, you know, there is a difference. And you have some kids. you know, it's at the end of the day, I look at it as this. Parents are going to make whatever decision is best they feel for their child, right? And if playing on a team, playing at one school, you feel like it's going to be better for your child, I'm up for whatever. Whatever the parent feels is best for their child, then, by all means, do what you
0: think is best for your child. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, good. Uh, definitely a good conversation point there, though. Peace there, uh, just something yeah. to talk about. So, um, uh, and then
1: you had uh, then we talked about. I guess we could talk about soccer because that's all over the news right now.
0: Bro, talk about an ugly, just an ugly way to end. You know, incredible, incredible seasons by a couple of teams. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: Sanger and then Buchanan Girls Soccer, like women or girls soccer. Like it's just because that's why I feel bad is if you are definitely like you're a senior, right? Like your last high school soccer game, that's what you're going to remember Yeah, is that type of stuff. And that's just that's unfortunate. It really is. And, you know, it's I hate when people the funny thing is I see it on social media. People like it's 2022. Like, let's calm that down, man. This has been going on for for crap like don't act like oh because it's 2022 or something mean, this has been going on for years and years and years and because it's 2022 like there's a lot of things that you know the united states is backwards on and you know we live in california it's not as prevalent i would say as most regions but let's like don't get it twisted there's still a lot of work this country needs to do when it comes to that type of stuff
0: yeah i think that's probably why it's a little more a little more shocking too is the, the the fact that it did come from California, right? That we are pretty, pretty darn diverse around here and, uh, yeah, in the state. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just an ugly way. Just, just really, really bad. I'm, I'm looking at, a, um, a press release from the other school right now. I haven't really had a chance to look to read through this yet, but it, it looks like they did put out a press release talking about it. Um, but yeah, just, just ugly, man. Really feel bad for the, those kids. Um, Having to go through that, man, it sucks.
1: Yeah, it really does. On a brighter note, I got to give a shout out to my guy, Colin Slater, Big West Conference Player of the Year, yes. Big West Conference Champion. Got to give a shout out to my guy, Colin Slater.
0: Tell us about he it. That you, got, it. You, you met the you made the trip down there to see it in person.
1: Yeah, so it's all with my guy, Alex Giannetta. We were there for senior night. Um, I always told Colin, didn't matter where he was, wherever his senior night, I for you know. For a second, I thought I was going to be going to Tulane, going to New Orleans. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, kind of classic. He's back in Long Beach, but no, yeah. It's I always told him I'd be there for his senior night. Um, it's yeah, it, I've known him since the third. I met him in the third grade. Uh, you know, was fortunate to coach him, be his head coach seventh and eighth grade, be his uh, position coach his freshman year at Columbus North, and been able to be a part of his journey and you know. My feelings for that kid, my love for that kid is just, I've never coached a kid for as long as I've coached Colin Slater. And to see him cut down the nets, to see him, all the work that he's put in, right? Like, people don't know, like, on New Year's Eve, he's in a gym at midnight. That's a family tradition. Like, they're shooting from the new, end of the new year or end of the old year to the New Year's, right? Like, Al's Giannetta huh. in Hoover's gym at, from, like, 11 p.m. to, like, 1 a.m., with the Slaters getting shots up, right? Like those are the type of things like people don't understand the work that he's put in and to see him triumph and cut down them nets, man, to be a big West champion now for him to be the big West conference player of the year is, you know, it's, it was, it's unbelievable to see that and be able to hug him afterwards. And, you know, just tell him I love him is so happy and so thrilled for him.
0: Yeah. That's uh, yeah, it's just a really cool moment, right? To see him go from, uh, you know, Little little youngster, junior high kid, all the way to this moment right now. Really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, and he's been successful at every, absolutely every level. Right? He goes into high school yeah. and has tears it up at Clovis North, then goes to Emmanuel and immediately yep. they're in the open division playing against Chino Hills and. Yep. Um. Man, just tons of success everywhere he goes, and uh, absolutely thrilling and unbelievable year this year too.
1: No, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And I told him, you know, go win the go win the Big West Championship, go win the Big West Tournament, so you get in the you can get in the uh, NCAA Tournament. And right now they're kind of staged. Joe Lenardi has some uh, in San Diego right now, so I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Maybe yeah. you know, go out and try to catch that first round in San Diego. But no, yeah, super happy, super excited for him, and absolutely love that kid.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So. Man, uh, shoot! We got a we got a fun little interview for everybody today. Uh, yeah, I can say right now, in as far as the history of this podcast goes, for some reason, when we talk Clovis West, it gets more downloads than anybody else, right?
1: No, yeah, and it really does, and you know, this is, you know, he's he had a weird, I say a weird time, just because he he was a transition from one. Hall of Fame coach to another Hall of Fame coach, which yeah. is crazy to think about. Yeah, But, you know, Adrian Antunes, is, you know, four-year varsity guard, four-year varsity starting guard at Clovis West and then had an unbelievable career at Fresno Pacific. Um, and I still think he still has, like, the best floater. His floater is just dynamic. But, um, yeah, it's just unbelievable career, unbelievable career. And there's not many people who've had a better career in the Valley. Than Adrian
0: it I wonder who taught him the floater. You think that came from John Egan?
1: I would say so, Egan. And that's what I tell people all the time: if you need a trainer, you need a guy to work out with. You're here in Fresno, and John Egan's unbelievable. That's a guy. That's a guy you got to contact.
0: I ran into John uh, a couple nights ago over at a, at a Clovis West game, and he said he's just from uh, coming on the show. He's actually had a few people call him about working to working out. Oh, that's so. awesome.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, he's he's. He's a great trainer. I tell people all the time, you know, you got guys like John Egan. I go, John Egan, Col- uh, Colin Slater Sr., um, I go, my man Mike Hill, I go, my man Mike Crowley. Anytime people hit me up, I'm like, these are the four numbers I give out. I feel like they're, you know, they're the best in the business. They're going to all treat, you know, they're all going to train you differently, but, you know, they've all trained high major guys. And, you know, Adrian Antunes, I remember him when, at Hoover when he was like a freshman, John Egan coming in and freshman sophomore years and Johnny the workouts he would do with John Egan and the drive and just the work ethic it's there's you know you you know why he's he became the player that he became
0: yeah it was cool hearing uh hearing Adrian talk about that and how when he moved back to Fresno when their family moved back that you know Egan was one of the first guys he connected with and they got in the gym right away and you know he never left him so yeah cool to hear him talk about that but yeah we're gonna let's get right to this. This is uh, episode 61 of the Off the Bench Podcast, and today we are sitting down, chatting with Clovis West and Fresno Pacific alum, Mr. Adrian Antunes. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, Off the Bench podcast, Jason. I'm excited about this one. We're going to talk some basketball here, story today. And uh, we got a Clovis West alum coming on.
1: Yeah, um, it's crazy. Uh, Seen him play a lot. Uh, Remember him from junior high. Remember him in his high school career. I was actually a part of the staff that was recruiting him from uh, his Clovis West days. Guy got to play for two legendary high school coaches, or just two legendary coaches in general. Uh, Probably... I still think he probably has the sweetest floater of any guard I've ever seen in this section. I still think he has the best floater of any guard in this section. Um, it's Adrian Antunes, man. How you been?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure really being on this podcast with you guys. Uh, you know, I've listened to some other other people on here, and I'm just—it's a pleasure to be here.
1: No, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for taking the time.
2: Of
0: course. Yeah, I'm excited to hear the story, Adrian. I. It was probably, I don't know, right around your freshman year of high school when I, just as a fan, really started getting back into basketball and going to high school games. So I actually saw quite a few of your high school games at Clovis West. And uh, you guys had some uh, some talented teams back in those days. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was, uh, you know, man, we had some some great opportunities coming here as a as a freshman to, a, you know, a great program with, with Coach Orlich. It was just – it was a blessing, you know, from the first day I stepped on campus – he kind of, kind of handed me the keys. So it was just, you know, I was put in a good situation and it was, it was just awesome to be around all these great people, a great atmosphere. And, you know, Clovis West goes back a long time with the, with the culture. So, you know, it it was something that, um, you know, I was looking forward to for a while when I found out I was going to go to Clovis West and yeah, it was just, it was awesome being able to be around all those great coaches and, and teammates.
0: Well, let's go back a little bit before that, actually, you, uh, you know, did you always did you always know you were going to be a Clovis West kid or when did that uh, kind of happen?
2: No, no, actually. So, I mean, going going back before I um, so I actually I grew up in Fresno. I moved to Bakersfield uh, probably around like fifth grade. And um, I, I thought I was going to stay in Bakersfield and, you know, continue on there. But, you know, things happen. Had to come back to Fresno and then came back eighth grade year and I was at Casner, uh, which is, you know, the junior high to go to Clovis West. And that's when I figured it out. And, you know, what my, my parents were telling me like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to uh, transfer to, you know, the Clovis district, Clovis West specifically. And, uh, you know, they have a really great program and, you know, traditionally they're, they're just known for, for their basketball. And, you know, ever since that first, that first year, eighth grade here, it was, man, it was just, it it made me work harder just to, you know, have that opportunity, um, just to be able to, to go there. I, I, like I said, I didn't know I was going to, I was going to be going there until I came eighth grade year. But, um, at that moment it was kind of like a little switch turned on in my mind, like, man, you're really going to have to pick it up or else you're not going to make it there. And I think that's just the culture they built. And that's why they've been so good in the past.
1: What, um, if you were to stay in Bakersfield, what high school would you have gone to? Did you, would you know?
2: Yeah, so I was uh, in the Frontier District, um, but I was actually looking to go to uh, Garces. They're a, yeah. um, a private, private high school there, and um, yeah, I probably wasn't going to stay in the Frontier District through high school, but I, that's where I lived at, and I was going to probably go to Garces.
1: Okay. The Garces is a very good program. Just one uh, D4 section. Just yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, and they're known. They've Yeah, they have a rich history in basketball as well, so that makes a lot of sense so you, you get to uh
0: you get to Casner. who' was your eighth grade coach at Kasner?
2: it was uh Aaron Penember that's what
0: I was hoping for <laughs> good dude
2: yeah man, great great coach it had man we didn't that whole year we didn't lose uh lose one game and um it was just a lot to him you know he let his dudes go and we we took advantage of that and you know we just ran with it
1: no you got a very I'm sure I think because you have Kobe and Cameron right you have Walter there's you it's not a bad little eighth grade team right there
2: not at all yeah we were uh yeah we had a lot of dudes on the team it it was a a good year
1: i was gonna say yeah that's a very good team okay so right we go on to clovis west you talked about the rich history right you play varsity as a freshman which then right all of a sudden i imagine when you start playing varsity as a freshman at that point guard position immediately there has to be a name people start trying to compare you to and Chris Hernandez right like so what like what is that right because I imagine right there's not at Clovis West that is the bar Chris Hernandez is the bar when it comes to point guards
0: for sure for
2: sure yeah it was uh I mean yeah I've heard that name you know millions (laughs) of times before I even got to Clovis West and they're you know obviously we're both Hispanic so (laughs) it was kind of just a normal comparison but um, you know, for my name to even be involved in that conversation, I had thought like, wow, you know, people think pretty highly of, of me and I have something to, to live up to. And he, he's attended some of our practices and, I, you know, just watching him play, it, it just made me want to push harder because he, he was obviously like one of the best players to ever go through Clovis West. And he just had, you know, a certain way with the ball and it was just yeah, it, it was crazy to just watch it, it. It really did make me, you know, push harder. And for, like I said, for me to even be in that comparison, it was just, you know, I, I'm blessed to even be at that spot. And yeah, it, it, it was just awesome being able to uh, watch him when he came to some of the practices and just kind of being compared to him.
1: What was the transition like though, going from junior high basketball to all of a sudden varsity basketball?
2: Oh, man, it was completely different. We, um, So yeah, we, in eighth grade, you know, it's a certain way, basketball, if you're, you know, if you're pretty decent, uh, you can be pretty good at that level. And I remember our eighth grade year, um, Coach Orlich had us, me, Kobe, Cameron, and Walter attend one of the the high school practices, the varsity practices. And I remember going to that practice and I was like, man, this is, this is nothing like I've ever experienced before. Like the, the pace is so, it's so fast and you know, everyone knows what to do with the ball. There's nobody, like, messing around in practice. You know, if you if you mess up, you're getting yelled at or you have to go run suicides on the side. And, I'll, you know, it, it had to be a mindset to really play at that level because it was just completely different. You know, in, in junior high, you had – the practices weren't as long, you know, weren't as fast-paced. You can kind of – you know, not you don't have to be as good. Like, you know, people that were good in junior high, a lot of them weren't good in high school, and it was – just completely different. That first year was a, was a total shock to me, but, um, yeah, like I had said before, you know, I, I kind of got the keys, so I had to, I just had to adjust. It, It was, you know, it was pretty much do or die at that point.
1: So right. You guys, the one thing coach Orlich has known is right. That defense, right. You guys had unbelievable defense. You also took pride in your defense. But you guys right, your freshman year you guys are relatively young though, right? Because I'm trying to think you had you had three sophomores, right? You had Leggett, Stacey was only a sophomore, Mike was only a sophomore. Um Oh my gosh, I can't the kid who went to Cal Baptist. Colin. Colin Delaire. Oh. I was like, could not think of I was like Cal Baptist kid. Couldn't think of Colin's <laughs> name. But right, so like <laughs> relatively your freshman year, you guys were still relatively young though, right? Yeah, yeah, they, well, yeah, those
2: guys were, were juniors at the time when I came freshman year. Oh, yeah,
1: right, because, yeah, I forgot your two years.
2: Yeah, but, um, no, yeah, we were young. We, we only had, like, two seniors on the team and only one starter that was a senior. So, you know, it was kind of a set-up year for that next year, um, you know, things happened, but that that's kind of how we were looking at it. Like, of course, you know, we're going to try our hardest, but uh, at the end of the year, it was like, okay, like, next year is really – where we have to make it happen.
0: So you coming as a freshman, how tall are you at this point?
2: Um I'm about five eleven at that point. <laughs> so I'm only like six foot now. So I really didn't grow that much after that. So yeah, I was uh I've always pretty much been that height mm-hmm. since since that age.
1: So how'd you guys finish your freshman year?
2: Well we um we made it. We were in the playoffs. I think we made it to about the second round, and you know it was a pretty, pretty early um, exit. We had to go play in in Bakersfield. Actually, we played against Liberty. They had a a squad at that in that year. Uh, they were like one of the top seeds. But you know how it is, having to go play on the road yep. against a good team, and you know you're out of you're out of um, your city, so you really don't have that many fans. It was, uh, it was tough. Like I, I was a freshman. I've never experienced that. And I was, um, it was like, it was a shock to me really, but it was, it was a battle, but it, yeah, we just, we just couldn't get it done.
1: So you guys your sophomore year, right? This is kind of right. Like you said, alluded to, this is kind of the year you have, right. You have Colin, Michael, Stacy, right. There are seniors. You also have like George Peterson, like, right. You have guys that, you know, it's their senior guys that have been playing together for a while. Right. So what was that year like? What was, you know, like that mindset in the summer?
2: Man, it was, it was grind. That That's all. I mean, that's the only word that describes it with, uh, in, in basketball, I'm, I mean, you guys probably know better than anybody, but it's, if you're not grinding every day, it's going to catch up to you eventually. And, um, you know, we, we really took pride in every day showing up and we had a really good senior, you know, leadership. So if people weren't doing their things, it was, you know, they were going to get called out in front of everyone and everyone, we were all okay with that because everybody wanted to win and we were all on the same page. Uh, we knew what it took to get there. And yeah, we just had that great leadership and that's kind of what I, you know, had to follow after that. It's like, man, now next up, you know, I have to be this guy, but, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, I'm, it was just awesome having that that leadership where I, I was able to just watch and you know kind of take it all in and okay this is what I'm gonna have to do eventually so yeah that, that that's kind of how, how how it went.
0: So let's talk about those that leadership. You're you're talking about your seniors that year, so that was guys like <coughs> uh, like Colin Delaire and Stacy Leggett, right? Yeah, and, and Michael, Michael. Orledge. Yeah. So what was it like playing with those guys?
2: Man, it was uh it, it was it was awesome. They, you know, they're obviously really good players, but they're even better teammates. They um they were always looking out for us and you know, us being the young guys, they kind of like took us under their wing a little bit and just made sure, you know, that we were straight all the time and that's kind of what you look for in, in leaders and you know, you don't want them to just be, you know, mean to everybody and you, you want them to, you know, try, try to, like, take you in under their wing. And th- that's exactly what they did. Obviously, like I said, great players. And they, they kind of just let, you know, when I came in as a freshman, they weren't saying, like, oh, who's this freshman kid? You know, they, they embraced it. And I was going to compete. So they knew that, too. Um, Kobe and Cameron were going to compete. Walter was going to compete. And it was just at the end of the day, you know, the better guys were going to play. And, and they knew that. They, they didn't you know, treat us differently because of that. And ever since, you know, I had that leadership, it it kind of like, you know, cleared the road for me. And it was like, man, Michael Orlich, he had super, super good leadership. And since he left, it was like, now, you know, I'm going to try to do what he's been doing and just kind of take that role over.
1: No, yeah, I'm trying to think too. I'm trying to think so that the league... The league was tough, right? Because is that Central was pretty good, right? Bullard still had some guys. Bullard's not in the league, but like right, Central was pretty good. East at the time was pretty good. Clovis North, Clovis North, yeah,
2: yeah. They had we had some dogs in in the league for sure.
1: So how would you guys end up doing their senior year, your sophomore year?
2: Well, we we uh, we won the track, so that was you know that felt pretty good doing. But you know, sadly, we lost to Bullard in the in the semis to go to. To go to uh, the Valley Championship at home, it was like down to the end, and I still remember like it was yesterday. Man, that was like the worst feeling ever because we were expected to win. You know, we battled our our butts off, and you know things happened at the end of the game, and it was just super close game, super intense. You know, the atmosphere was crazy. Some that something I've never you know been a part of, but it we just couldn't get it done that year and it it, it still hurts to this day
1: <laughs> who won it your sophomore year
2: um central
1: was that the first their first one of the 3 Pete?
2: i believe so yeah
1: cuz that's then they had Sealy, right is that when they had was chris or did chrisley come in the next
2: year oh i think uh they all kind of yeah it's all the kind of blended. something
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> you know it happens you start getting old they all start blending <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i just remember the track the track at that time was the track was absolutely loaded at that time a lot of good talent so i gotta during this time though i gotta admit like during this time I, I remember i was coaching at hoover your freshman sophomore year and there'd be a guy my guy john egan would always call me like need if he needed gym space if he couldn't get in i like, couldn't get a gym and i remember he would work you out and the grind that you would get, you guys would go at the pace and the intensity and just talk about, you know, talk about John Egan and just talk about you guys as, you know, you getting in the gym, being a gym rat working out.
2: Yeah. I mean, John Egan, man, that's like, that's like an uncle to me really. He, uh, since I came back to Fresno, he's like one of the first guys I started to work out with. And, you know, from our first workout, I never, I never left. Like I never went to go train with other people. It's always just been, me and Egan, he was really committed to the grind as much as me, and and I, I saw that in him, and he saw that in me. He knew like what I could be, and I just stuck with it, you know. He um he'd do anything for me, and obviously like vice versa, and you know there'd be some days where it would just be one on one training. We'd be doing some full court stuff, and I'd be going so hard I would I would go throw up outside, like it would be that bad. And I remember him saying like I, I I'm leaned over throwing up. He's like hurry up, hurry up and finish so we can get back to the work. And I'm just like, wow, like this is, this is crazy. <laughs> like how, how, yeah. But I just, he, um, he pushed me like no one else ever did. And and that's what I stuck with him. Cause I, I knew, you know, you, you have to work hard to be good. And he, he was a firm believer in that day in and day out. He hardly took, you know, any days where, he would only take days off if he was like sick or anything like he would never just be lazy on me and yeah that's just you know i i, uh, I just stuck with him and he, he he really made me into the player I, I i was you know in high school and college
1: no yeah I, i'm always a huge fan of egan and anytime people hit me up looking for like workouts or that guy to work out egan's one of the you know first people i drop i think what he does is unbelievable and, you know, his resume, you know, you look at the people he's worked out with you and Cole and, you know, countless others, it, his resume speaks for itself.
2: Yeah, for sure. And he, he'll – if it's uh, – especially if you're if you're a guard, he'll, he'll definitely get you right. He um, he knows how to train you where you, you'll play the whole game and won't be tired after. And that that's kind of what we took pride in. I know, like, the same thing with Cole. He would play the whole entire game and after the game, you know, he, of course, like, you're working hard in the game, but – that's just how hard we trained where at the end of the game you don't want to be like completely dead you want to still be you know if you have to go into overtime still have some legs under you
1: no yeah no doubt so did you guys did you and Egan meet when like you were doing the monsters or how did you and Egan yeah. meet how would you guys get together
2: yeah so it was uh the, the monsters yeah so my uh, my dad he we, when we came back, he was looking for me to play on an AAU team. And I don't even remember how we got involved with the Monsters, but I remember us going to a meeting and, um, yeah, we, we met everybody. And, you know, Egan was telling us we, – we had a practice that same night. He was telling us, like, yeah, like, you know, we can get it in. Like, look, we can be this good. And um, at that point, that, that's kind of like, you know, the first interaction we had. And it just, that's, that's where it all started
1: nice nice and then we'll get to we'll get to the Cal United stuff but let's kind of talk about your junior year did you guys know it was going to be coach Orlich's last year did you have did you know that was going to be his last year coaching high school basketball close west or
2: I had no idea <laughs> it It just yeah the whole year it was normal year um everything was going the same way it's been going we we legit had no idea and then all of a sudden one day it was after season like a couple of weeks probably he called us he called us, us into the office, like, separately, and he's telling us, like, oh, hey, guys, like, I'm a – I took a job to go coach at Stanford. And at first, I was like, you're, you're joking. Like, it, it's, a, it's a joke, you know, to go – you're, you're going to go coach at Stanford. Like, that, that's insane. Um, and then he's like, no, like, I'm serious. I, I, I got a job there. And, man, at first, I was shocked. I'm like, man, this kind of sucks. Um, my senior year, you know, our coach is leaving. Uh, you know, I, I loved Coach Orlich as a coach regardless, but, and then, but after that I thought about it, I was like, man, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity for him. I can't even be you know, mad at him. If I was in that situation, I would have taken that job too. It's just, you know, that that's probably been one of his dreams um, to just coach at a high level college like that. So it was definitely a shock, but you know, he, he's, we still talk all the time and no bad blood at all. he, he had to do what he had to do. And we, we respect that.
1: Were you ever like, yo, coach, like, you know, after this year, Stanford going to, you know, take care of me or <laughs> going to hit me up coach or.
2: No, I never did do that. <laughs> I, I was already committed at the, at that point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, right. That's like you said, like it's going into your senior year, right. Guy you've played for, for three years, all of a sudden, Right, he he's gone. Right, it's kind of a shock. You guys are surprised. Like, talk about just like your initial thoughts of like, all right, I'm gonna go into my senior year, and I don't know who my coach is gonna be. Right, and you know, you hear horror stories of you know coaches coming in, and you know their thought processes. I kind of want to, you know, I want to build my program, and sometimes, right, sometimes seniors who've been guys who played, you know, played for the other coach for multiple years, sometimes those guys get pushed aside to build for the, you know, for the youth. So what was your, you know, your mindset of, you know, all right, Coach Orlich is gone. I don't know who's coming in. Like, were you worried? Were you kind of like, all right, what's, you know, what is it going to be? Just talk about your thoughts with that.
2: I think, yeah, at the beginning of it, um, you know, me and all like the senior guys were talking and we were kind of worried about it. We're like, well, you know, we have no idea who our new coach is about to be we thought it might be one of our assistant coaches. We're like, man, that's probably best case scenario. That way, you know, our whole entire culture doesn't get switched up, but it was just, it it was kind of scary at that point because, you know, there's nothing like high school basketball, you know, playing in college, there's really nothing like it. So to be, to do that, our senior year, it, it was kind of a, you know, a punch in the stomach, um, But it it was scary. That's all I can say. And then, you know, we got um, the whole – that whole summer we were playing uh, under our assistant coaches, but I think we all knew that they weren't going to, you know, take it over. So it was just kind of like, man, what are we doing at this point? Because, of course, we're going to keep playing basketball. Everyone's going to keep playing hard. But in terms of, like, our defense, our culture, and our, our, like, offensive sets, it's like – you know, we're, we're practicing this every day, but is it really going to be like this when we come senior year? And I mean, that's pretty much what happened. It it just completely switched up, um, going in right when we started our senior year.
1: No. Yeah. So like, right. Like what, at what point did you start hearing the name Vance Wahlberg coming? Like could possibly be the next head coach,
2: man, it was kind of, you know, I had heard the name before and they're like, oh, like, there was rumors, like, Vance Wahlberg can be back. And I'm like, I don't know who Vance Wahlberg is. And then, you know, a lot of people – more people were talking about him. I saw some, some uh, like, newspapers and stuff. I was like, man, this guy has a – he has a resume for sure. (laughs) He's coaching in the NBA. Um, But actually, a funny story, over the summer, uh, I was at the – I was at the park getting a snow cone. It's kind of random. But (laughs) um, I I ran into – I ran into coach Wahlberg. I didn't know it was coach Wahlberg at the time. And he comes up to me and he's like, he's like, Hey, you're, you're Adrian. Right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you, I, I, uh, I know you from, from Clovis West. Uh, like I, I saw you play and I'm just like, okay, like, yeah, cool. He's like, how do you, like, what are you thinking about the coaching situation this next year? And I was like, man, I kind of hope that uh, one of our assistant coaches gets the job. <laughs> and, and I didn't know he didn't say who he was and I didn't find out until our the senior year banquet when he he said that story in front of all the parents and everybody and I'm just like oh man what I felt so stupid at that point <laughs> it's already he already you know came in and I already like I didn't know but it, he probably felt like a little bit of like, oh, he doesn't really want me here. But that wasn't the deal at all. You know, at that point, I just didn't really want anything to switch up. But it was just kind of a funny story how that happened. I happened to see him at the park while I, get, while I was getting a snow cone. <laughs> and I said that. <laughs> it was, yeah, kind That's, of dumb.
0: That is funny.
1: That's pretty good. That's good stuff right I
0: there. I love that he held on to that till till you were done, too.
2: I know. He didn't say anything to the <laughs> banquet.
1: I thought for sure he probably would have said something while you guys are running liners or something. And just mean like, Hey Adrian, you remember when you Uh, said you would have your other assistants or something? Hey, we're going to run an extra liner. (laughs) We're going to get the trash cans out for you.
2: Oh man.
1: So what was, so let's talk about that, right? Talk about that. You know, all of a sudden you go from one legendary coach to another legendary coach and coach Wahlberg. But they have two different styles, two different ways of doing things. What was you know what was the transition like, going from Coach Orlich to Coach Wahlberg?
2: Yeah, it was it was um, you know it was it stayed high level of course because they're both high level coaches, but like you said, you know Wahlberg has a totally different play style, and it, it was like trying to learn a new like language at the beginning when he first came because we didn't we had no idea what he was trying to do he would just tell us like to do stuff he'd give us the reason why and it's like you know everyone has to buy in or else this isn't going to work and that's kind of the thing that um kind of worried me at the beginning because I was like I I tried to keep encouraging teammates but a lot of people you know what you have a new coach coming in you know yelling at you telling you what to do and it's kind of hard as a high school kid to just be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, you know, a lot of the times we're, we're immature at that age. And uh, that, that kind of, you know, that, that definitely hurt us at the beginning of the year. And it, it was just, it was tough, you know, it, super high level guy, like I said, but it was just a tough transition. You know, right when he came in, we had to, he, obviously he likes to press. So we had unlimited conditioning at the beginning of the year. And that was we we conditioned with Coach Orlich, but it was a little bit different of conditioning and because we had a different play style. But with Coach Wahlberg, it was like, we're going to press the whole game. We're going to be running up and down and you're never going to stop. So it was, you know, telling a group of guys in high school that we're going to do all this. It was completely shock to everybody. And I think that definitely hindered us at the beginning that a lot of people didn't want to buy into it.
1: So I got a question. What was the buy-in when Coach or, or when Coach Wahlberg started giving out those mile times of the mile times that you got to meet? What was the rumblings with that? Because with Coach Orlich, did you guys have like certain mile times that you had to like meet?
2: Um, not specifically. As long as you were, you know, actually trying, he wouldn't make you like rerun yeah. it or anything.
1: That's not Vance
2: Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, with Wahlberg, it was like you're hitting this time, and if you don't hit it, you're gonna run it every single day until you hit the time. And even the guys that you know, they were like a minute off. It's like, they had to run that thing every day. until they hit that time. Like you were going to hit that time or else you weren't going to be on the team. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we had a couple guys quit at that point because it was like, they knew they weren't going to make it and they were going to have to keep running it every day. And I think that was kind of, you know, Walberg's mindset was like, if you can't handle stuff like this, then you shouldn't be here anyways. And, you know, I kind of agree with that. If, if you if you don't want to work hard, then you know you you have no part on on the team. That's just kind of what the culture was like. You know, being a, a senior guy, we, we wanted everyone to just kind of buy in and, and work hard. But yeah, man, with Wahlberg, those mile times, you, you were making them, or else you were you were toast for the next like month to two months. You're running that thing every day before school. It was terrible. How many how many times people had to run that thing?
1: how thrilled how thrilled were you when you made do you, i imagine you made it the first time
2: yeah yeah for sure for <laughs> how sure. thrilled
1: were you when you you crossed that line and you're like underneath the time
2: <laughs> no it was a uh, yeah i i'm not gonna lie i, I made it uh, like in a good time i <laughs> i still have a lot of time left after just because you know I, I had to set an example for the other guys and i, I really tried hard on those things when we We would run liners or run the mile. I I, I tried to always be the first guy just so I could set examples for other guys and, you know, push people and just say, like, you know, just because I'm a starter on the team and, you know, I'm decent, that doesn't mean I'm not going to try the hardest. And I think, yeah, I I, I always was that way.
1: So how did you guys do your senior year under Coach Coach Wahlberg's first year back to Clovis West?
2: I think we did – pretty good for considering what was happening. Um, you know, obviously we didn't win valleys. We, we, uh, we lost, I think it was the, the semis again, but uh, overall, um, you know, we had a good team and it, it, it's, it's tough situation when you got a new, a whole new system coming in and everyone just trying to learn it. There'd be some times we're just like, man, like, what are we doing right now uh, as players? Cause you know, it's, it's, a, it was, like I said, it's a whole new, completely whole new system so you know if we had another if we were juniors and that happened I think we would have you know won the thing our senior year but you know you can't really say that I guess it was just um yeah it it was tough just having a whole new whole new system
1: yeah definitely just just such a short turnaround right like to be able to have to pick it up a whole new system and like you said you only have really it's you only have like a couple months if you think about it, you know, like, cause it's not like you have, you're not coming back in the spring. So it's right. Whenever coach Orlich, I think, I mean, coach Wahlberg, when did he, when did he officially take over the job sometime in the summer? Or
2: it was like, it was in the summer. Yeah. I remember I was in AAU and um, it was like, it went on Twitter. Like, yeah, coach Wahlberg's coming back to Clovis West. And I'm, I'm just thinking like, Oh man, here we go. Like we got to get ready now. And we had a tournament like a couple weeks before school, it was just like a, um, not a huge tournament. Obviously we hadn't practiced at all, but it was like one of those summer things just to kind of get acclimated with them. And um, we played pretty good. You know, we pressed the whole time and I just thought to myself, like, man, this is not going to, this is going to be different. Like it's going to be way more intense every game. And we're just going to, you know, we're going to be tired. That's uh, just because you, we're pressing the whole time.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. So like I was, you know, just doing the math in my head, like it's, right? Like you have four months really to learn a system. Then you got like games, like official season starting, right? Like if you were to start in July, say he gets the job in July, it's July, August, September, October games are in November, you know, like that's hard in a four month span to be like, all right, let's pick up, you know, the whole new system, whole new offense, whole new defense, whole new verbiage. That's, yeah, that's, that's a tall task.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. We were, uh, you know, we practiced six days a week. We, on the weekdays you know we would have school obviously but we would go like three hours to three and a half hours then some saturdays we would go for like five to six hours like because we were just trying to learn everything and it was it was crazy it, yeah those were those were tough because you don't have a time restraint with high school practices so you technically um, do, yeah, you, you,
1: technically do. do. <laughs> you do you do adrian you do max is four hours but that's all right man
2: that's all good well, maybe we – I don't know. Well, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> like mm, You guys were doing other stuff. Like, you guys were, like, doing film, other things like that that we won't count into. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. Yeah. He doesn't do yeah. that anymore, though. Coach Walberg doesn't do that. He keeps them around <laughs> about two hours max. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so let's talk about, you know, let's – four-year varsity guy, right? You, you know, you played for Cal United. Quincy, right? Like, Quincy Pondexter was coaching your teams, which has to be kind of cool. Yeah. Just talk about that. Talk about that summer experience, you know, your AAU experience, um, playing for Quincy. And then, you know, what made Fresno Pacific the destination?
0: Yeah,
2: it was, man. Yeah. Quincy, first of all, he, he's a, he's a great guy. He, um, what he did for us was, you know, something a lot of people wouldn't do. He, he made this whole team out of nothing and he, you know, funded the whole thing. He paid for our hotel rooms and, just you know he did it all out because he wanted us to you know go to college that was the ultimate goal and he um from the first moment I came on it was you know a great relationship with him he kind of handed me the keys too he was like hey like yeah he you're you're the point guard and you know I'm rocking with you and um yeah ever since then it's just it's just been great but he um yeah he he's a he's a real straight up guy and he he just lets us go you know on the court and that's that's the type of stuff that I love and but it wasn't like where if you were you know shooting every shot um you know he's just gonna let it go that, that's not what it was like but he would just say because he's an NBA guy he knew like sometimes you know you're just gonna have to go you, you're feeling it you know get that shot up and you know if you you make it like okay you know get the next one up and if you miss it then you know okay let's let's dial it back a little bit but he just he just knew the game so well and you know with the practices too that was just something that you know you can't get that experience anywhere else because he would step in in the practices and he would practice with us and I'm just thinking like man this dude he's making every shot (laughs) like it's crazy he uh this is an NBA guy we're really playing with an NBA guy right now and before that I had never experienced that and you know, with with these practices, it was just it was just awesome how he he didn't feel like he was too big time to be practicing with us. And he, at the tournaments, he he wasn't off doing his own thing. He was there, you know, sitting on sitting with us on the sidelines. And it was just overall, you know, really great experience. And um, Coach Delgi Rakar, he he's another guy that you know was was involved and he had my back when uh, FBU was kind of recruiting me, he would always be talking to them about me. And um, that, that's ultimately, you know, one of the reasons they probably kept coming back to our games is because he was always in their ear, like, Hey, you guys need to check this guy out. And um, you know, it kind of took a while, of course, you know, I'm a little undersized for, for my position, but uh, eventually, you know, they got around to me and um, yeah, it's just, you know, those two guys really had one of the greatest impacts on my me being able to go to, to college and pursue what I wanted. And everything just kind of worked out because FPU, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Fresno and I, I grew up here and I wanted to stick around. You know, I, I have little siblings and um, it, it just, everything just worked out. I wanted to be around for them to grow up and, you know, be able to, to go to my house on the weekends and stuff and hang out with my family. And it just it just all seemed to fit into place, everything that had happened from that point.
0: Okay, so that was gonna be my next question. Actually, was when you know when does CJ Haydock come into the picture and start start pursuing you? And I guess that, that was through those uh, through those you know days with Quincy, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah, so yeah, like Coach Quincy and then Coach uh, Del G would would uh, talk to him. They would be, they would be at all the AAU games, you know, recruiting me and then some other guys on the team as well. And you know, he, they would text me after the games, like good game, good game. And then senior year um you know i was i was already pretty committed at this point but they were going to like the practices at clovis west and just kind of you know just being there to support and um yeah i mean i I started getting a relationship with all the coaches at at uh, fpu and i just you know figured it figured it out that it was something that i would want to be a part of you know they're, they're building something new there at fpu and that's something that um that I just wanted to be a part of, you know, they, they haven't really been that, that great before my class had, had showed up and we weren't even good, you know, my first two years there, but I was, I saw, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, like, man, let's get some good guys here right now and let's start this thing off. um, And let's just do everything right. You know, let's get some culture guys and just really pursue this and build something in Fresno um, that hasn't been, you know, built before coming out of FPU, you know, me being from Fresno, like I said, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to, you know, do something for, for uh, my city and kind of just have like that great culture coming out of FPU.
1: Hold on real quick. Got to correct you. It had been done in 08, 09, <laughs> nine ten. So let's calm that down. I, I mean, calm, no, no, I know what you culture- mean division two. I mean, I know what you mean. Like you guys, hey, I'm like, because I was on that staff. So, yeah, I know we weren't very good before you got there and your class got there. No, I I know. I just had to throw that in there. Just me patting <laughs> my, own, pat my own back. But so no, talk about... us for sure. <laughs> but talk about, you know, like, you go... CJ has a very unique coaching style that, right, his relationships with players is different than, I would say, 90% of basketball coaches, right? Like, he's very personable... He's a guy that you can talk to, right? And he's intense, but he's a different type of intensity than what you would say with a Tom Orlich or a Vance Wahlberg. Um, Talk about, you know, talk about your relationship with coach Haydock and talk about, you know, just a different coaching style.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, uh, you know, right off the bat, we kind of got that, that relationship going because me being a point guard and then obviously he's, he's the head coach. We, we had to, have, we had to have connection or else this thing wasn't really going to work but I think when you know you get into college you're going on these trips you're staying at hotels you're you're pretty much on your own you know I'm staying on campus and every day he was always you know checking in he, he's asking me like hey what can I do for you and he, he was he really was the definition of like you know if ser- serving is beneath you, then leading is beyond you. And he always quoted that. And that's something that he lived by. And, you know, he, he would do, he would serve any way that he possibly could, because he didn't think anything was, you know, beneath him. And it's just, it, it was nothing like I've experienced. Um, you know, I, I was kind of scared going into college, because it's the first time I'm, I'm on my own, you know, kind of away from family. I'm still in the city, but, you know, I didn't live at home anymore. And he, he made sure that we were all comfortable and, you know, had, had things to do, had food to eat, and he, he was just always on top of us. And, you know, sometimes he could be a little harsh, but at the end of the day, we all knew that he, he had our best interests in mind.
1: Yeah, there's not many, there's not many head coaches who are going to do, like, the laundry. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to wash Crazy. the practice uniforms, hang up the uniforms, prepare, get the game jerseys ready before games. That's the one thing. You know, you don't see that a lot with other college coaches, but CJ is always going to make sure, you know, he's he he's always going to go above and beyond to make sure he know, you know, that he's going to do the little things. And like you said, if it's – if you can't – if you're not going to be a servant leader, then you can't you, – you really truly can't lead. But so you come in, right? You have an amazing class, right? You come in, Amande Coleman, um, which are – let's, you know, you guys – are the building blocks to what helped change the program. I got to throw my man Kirby. Kirby, it was a year before you guys, but right. Like you guys come in and you guys go through some growing pains, but coach Haydock is now starting to get his type of guys, right. His type of players in the FPU and what made, right. Like you, you talked about that earlier, like your freshman, sophomore years, you guys weren't great, but you could see the culture changing, right? Like you could see what, coach Hadyock was trying to build you guys, right? Like first year, you guys maybe not in games, whatever. then second year, it's all right. We're there, but we're just, you know, we're falling a little short. We're losing close games, right? We're like, something's going on. We're having leads. We might lose them. But then when was that point where you guys knew like, all right, we have something special here.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah. Once we hit like our junior year, you know, we really had a really solid group of guys and, um, you know, like you said, we, we would get into some close games, but it was like, these are really good teams and we're really competing. Like we, you know, we, we have everyone on the bench, you know, getting lit for, for everybody. And um, it, it, it was just started out from us freshman year. We had to see we had to see the light at the end of the tunnel. He would always tell us, like, guys, just see it through, just see it through. Like things are going to change around. And, you know, him being newer there as well, it, it's not just going to happen in the snap of a finger, you know. Like, it, it's going to take time. And he, he kept telling us that, like, hey, guys, like, just, just keep sticking it out. It's going to take time. And, you know, we're, the, it sucks right now. You know, we're losing all these games. We don't have, like, the greatest culture. And um, it, we just had to, to get to a point. And then once we hit that junior year mark, we had, you know, really good guys. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, Jake Strawn and then yeah. Toby Christensen. Um, and yeah, like me and Monday, you know, Elijah Kirby, we had, we just had like this, this group of guys and it was just, yeah, we, that, that's kind of when we felt like things were changing. You know, we had really good culture practices were going a lot better. People weren't really fighting, like it, it people weren't doing stupid stuff outside of basketball. And that's kind of what we wanted, you know, like that's kind of the vision he, he told us at the beginning, like, we want to be this. This group or we're respected, um, you know, not just on the basketball court, but when we go into our normal lives, we don't want people to look at us on campus like oh, they're just, you know, they're the basketball players. They get into all this type of trouble. Um, we wanted to have like this positive outlook on the whole entire Fresno community. And I think around like that junior year, sophomore and into junior year is kind of when we started, you know, getting a little more respected by, by uh, the Fresno
1: community, at least. So also I got to ask, right. FPU has a bunch of like guy a bunch of people who go there in general, but even on teammates that are right. They're from different countries. What is that like? Just going and having different teammates from all different, you know, walks of the world and just, you know, meeting different people at FPU. Cause you know, FPU is a super small school. Kind of everyone knows everyone, but you know, just meeting all these different people from different countries and, you know, even having teammates from different countries. What was that like?
2: Man, it really gives you perspective on um, just different cultures. It, it was like, it was awesome. I, I was, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything You you get to see how other people are reacting and kind of how they communicate with people. And it just gives you a little, like, cause I've never been, I've been to like one other country, but it was like, it, it wasn't really where I, I was in, you know, the city or anything, but I've never got to experience that. And um, you know, just having all these guys around they they acted You know different not 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 that anything was wrong but i'm just saying like it was something i've never seen because i've been in america my whole life and um yeah i I remember you know the first the first day that uh sean and alex they're both from um the uk you know they they got off the plane and they come to fpu and um coach asked me if i could take him to go to the grocery store and i remember the first thing they said when we walked into the grocery store is why are these sodas so big and (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like what do you mean? like this is a two liter soda? He's like, yeah, they don't have these in our country. I'm just like, wow, like I, I thought these were everywhere. just like that's one example of just like how things you know are different. And now I know um, they were teaching me things all the time, and it was just, yeah, it was something I wouldn't trade for, for anything. I'm so glad that you know our coaches had recruited guys from out of the country because it, it gave them a chance, obviously to come to America and pursue a you know a good university, but also, the guys that were already here, um, it gave us a chance to just learn from them and learn different, you know, walks of life. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. That's one thing I think is so special about Fu is just that, you know, it's like a melting pot, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Just all the different people and you can meet from all, all walks of, you know, walks of life. So if you go back, obviously I want to take out your senior year real quick though, but up to, you know, your first three years, what was, like, what game kind of stands out? What kind of moment stands out playing at FPU in your first three years? We don't – I know what's going to happen in year four, so.
2: Yeah, I think um, we went on We went on the road to uh, Point Loma, and um, it was one of my better games. But regardless, like, we were not supposed to be in the game with Point Loma, and we're on the road you know, this is our second game of a road trip. You you know, we're in a nice city in San Diego and something was different that game. Like the whole, like everyone was just completely like, okay, like we're in fight mode right now. And I remember just the, that was like the best feeling ever beating a team you're not supposed to beat. They're supposed to be like this really like good team. And um, yeah, it was just like, everybody was just out there having fun. You know, we were all getting hyped with each other and it really felt like a family, you know, like we were like super comfortable and obviously winning the game helps that a lot. And that whole bus ride home, it makes it a lot better, you know, when you win the game. But I think that, yeah, that was just like one of the, the better experiences in my first two years was just that, that game on the road. Cause road games are hard, are hard to win regardless of who you play.
0: Was that your, but, fr- was that your freshman year?
2: No, that was my junior year. Okay. Junior year. Yeah. They were, they were the top, they were the top team in the league. Um, and you know, they, I, I already know when we were walking in there, they probably had the, the mindset of like, oh, let's go, let's go win this game real quick. And, uh, we didn't, eh, on our end, we were like, let's go win uh, for us. Like, let's go win this game. And that's what we did. And it was just like one of the best feelings ever, just, you know, being able to be a part of that great, that great game. Cause everyone, like I said, everybody was just having fun and you could feel that there. We had great energy and, there, yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but when you're in the midst of the game, it just it, it felt it felt really good.
1: Did Portland was is his name Dalton? Is that the kid's name? Was he still there?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was. He was still there.
1: Right, because he was at that time. Right, like he was getting buzz of like like possibly getting drafted. Like he was like talking about NBA, and I remember right because he worked out. Like I think he was like working out with like Gordon Hayward or something like that. But like I remember the buzz. Right, like he was. He was the real deal, and they were talking about him possibly getting drafted and being like a late pick. And but no, yeah, I remember those those Point Loma teams were—they're still talented now, but they were. That was like right; they were competing for like a national championship, right?
2: Yeah, they—they were. I think they made it all the way to. I think they made it to the championship game um, that year.
1: They had a really good squad. No, I just remember they were super talented. (laughs) Yeah, super good. So right now is your senior year. Senior year is a little different, right? You have COVID, right? I mean, like there's the whole, you're dealing with the COVID, right? Not really sure if you're going to have a season, right? You guys are kind of right. Like you have mask mandates, you have all this stuff. What is that like? You know, it's your senior year, but you have all these other protocols, all these different things going on. Just talk about that.
2: Man, it kind of, you know, obviously like COVID sucked. It it was, um, it was a tough situation because, it was just a roller coaster the whole year. You, you know, you would have a couple of good days of practice and all of a sudden, you know, a guy on our team has COVID. Oh man. Like now we're taking 10 steps back because we can't practice fully. Um, We had a couple of games where, you know, they would just get canceled. We showed up one morning for a game, you know, all, all ready and dressed. And then all of a sudden the team that was there, they were already at our school. They had to just leave because there was some COVID tracings and, it was, it was tough. It was, it was really tough. Cause, and then you had all these rules with like the mass you had to test every day or every other day. Um, you never really knew who had, who had it. And then it would just be like a random, like draw, like, okay, now we have to trace you back to this person. Um, and it yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster. Uh, you, like you said, you, you didn't know you, you, you had a game on the schedule but you didn't know if you were actually going to play the game. And I think that's the point we got to really with every game is like, okay, like there's a game on the schedule. Let's just prepare for it. And we don't like, there's a 50, 50 chance. We don't play this game. And that's pretty much how it was with every game. There was always like that chance of you're not going to play. And uh, that kind of sucked, but you know, we we tried to make the best of it uh, with what we had and, yeah, I think, you know, there wasn't much we can do. There wasn't much anybody can do. It was just – it was a tough year, I think, for just everybody in general. Um, but I think we, we battled it pretty pretty well. The coaches, you know, they, they try to help as much as they could. But obviously, there's nothing they could really do. But um, it, it was tough. You know, having to sit out two weeks just because you, you were in contact with someone who got it, it, it was uh, – it, it sucked because you couldn't – you know, you had to work out in your room. And obviously that's not like basketball training and stuff. So you were out pretty much two weeks. That sets you back so much. You're in the middle of the season, and um, yeah, it, it was it was definitely hard um, to stay on top of everything at that point.
1: There were some teams right in the league that didn't even like they didn't even have it. They didn't even do a team, right? They like they just decided like we're not gonna play this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was a couple of those um, schools, and uh, we had to make the the pool of the teams that we played smaller. You know, we couldn't go... to the pods,
1: right? Like the NorCal pod, SoCal pod, and like the Hawaii pod? Is that right? You guys broke the league up that way, correct?
2: Yeah, we did. And then uh, one team in our NorCal pod didn't even play. So that even, you know, cut it down even further.
0: Now, weren't you guys stuck for a while, too, just practicing on, like, outdoor hoops and couldn't even get in the gym?
2: Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the year, um, that's how we had to, we had, we put these two, like just, you know, regular outdoor courts out there, like where there's concrete out there. And, um, we, we had to wear a mask too, while we were doing it out there. And it's like, it, it's at the end of summer. So it's like, it's it's still extremely hot in Fresno and you know, your mask would get super soaked and you're kind of like waterboarded with it. And it's just, you know, it's blazing hot. Um, but we got it in regardless, you know, that makes you appreciate getting in the gym a lot more, and just, you know, it, like I said, it, it just, it was tough to be able to have to do that outside. Um, it, but, but yeah.
1: Isn't there planners out there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We had. How do you, how do you to, avoid
1: the planners? You just, is that like an extra defender setting a screen right there? You're like taking it to the streets, man. Like you guys are going real, like taking, going outdoor to the streets right there. Gotta watch out for your know. knees.
2: <laughs> was, yeah, I know. For real, it was tough. They The planners were a little further back. So okay. there was a little... But yeah, if the ball went that way, coaches tell like don't go run after it because if you don't see it, you might hit your knee on the thing, and then that's even worse.
1: <laughs> so you guys win your pod, right? You win your NorCal pod. Um, the cool thing is, like, it was weird because you guys would still play like teams from other pods. But did that did that count as league game? I didn't understood that because I know you guys beat Azusa, which is always a huge win, right? But like. Mm -hmm. like did that count towards like league or was that just because you guys are in separate pods I was I really wasn't quite sure how that all worked out
2: um it still counted as the league yeah but yeah I'm not too too sure I think there was like a pod um record and then there was the league record and then um yeah I I really don't know the coaches were everything changed like things were changing all the time so we I kind of just didn't focus on those things and just like, I'm just going to go play and try to get better at this point. Cause I don't even know if we're going to play this game. Um, so it, yeah, but it was, it was nice winning our pod. That, that definitely was something, um, that, that was a goal of ours. And, you know, just, just to be able to finally like win something, you know, it, yeah. it
1: was, it was a great feeling. So, right. Like, did you, like, before the season, did you guys know, like, what it was going to be? Like, did you guys know, like, all right, because, you know, you got, you'll you make goals as a team. Like, obviously, a goal every year for every team is like, we're going to win league. But did you know, like, they were going to split that up into three pods? Or were you just like, hey, we're going to do league? And then how, like, did you guys kind of have an idea that it was going to get split to the three pods?
2: Um, that became a little bit of an idea after the fact because there was, like, obviously, like, all these rumors and at the beginning of the year, they're like, oh, like, there's actually – there's not going to be a league at all. Um, so we were like, "Like what? Like, that? that's not – that sucks. Because things with – like you said, things with COVID were always changing. But, um, yeah, I got to a point where they said, like, okay, now – like, this is what's definitely going to happen now. We're going to split the league up into these different pods, and you're just going to play pretty much who's in your pod, and there's going to be champions of, you know, those certain pods. But for us, it was – it was like, man – However we can play, you know, we, we didn't, at this point, we just wanted to play. And um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a tough situation having to split it because we didn't get to play some of the teams in our league that we thought, you know, we should, we wanted to compete with, you know, like finally, like, this is the year that let, let's go compete with these big, well, you know, quote unquote, big dogs and let's go beat them. Um, so we didn't really get that, that experience to be able to do that. Um, but you know, regardless, we still still were given the opportunity to win our pod.
1: You were able to make that Hawaii trip every year. That's a good trip. Um, so, right, like, what was the feeling like when you guys, like you were going to the tournament, when you guys got that, you got that bid? I remember you guys, you know, the video of you guys sitting there watching, but what was that feeling like when you saw a Fresno Pacific NCAA tournament bid? What was that feeling like?
2: Man. I think that's the top feeling that I've had in basketball, like my whole life really, because um, yeah, I just, at that moment, I just, something, you know, popped into my head from me as a freshman coming in. And it was just like, man, this is something that we kind of just dreamed of, you know, it, it wasn't something that actually happened. And me being young as a freshman coming in it was like man that's that's definitely the goal but you know that's definitely that's super far away than from where we're at right now um and then you know we're all watching it together and just you know just hoping and praying like please that our name get called and when it got called we all just kind of you know celebrated together and it, it was just like the best feeling yeah i've ever had in the basketball at all it was it was great
1: no you know you that's the one thing you're first of you're the first team to ever you know division two to ever make the division two tournament, you know, like that has to be unbelievable feeling. That's something, you know, nobody will ever be able to take from you guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, it is it, definitely, it's, it's a different feeling. It's, it's kind of hard to, to even explain, but it was just something you work your whole, you pretty much like work your whole life towards a certain goal. And uh, that's one of the, the goals for, you know, anyone, even in like high school, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to college and I want to, you know, go to the tournament. Um. So yeah, it was, it was just so like, breathtaking for all of us to just be able to hear our name called for that
1: so i gotta ask you real quick you are where did you finish all-time scoring list
2: i was a number number five
1: number five how far were you did okay was amande first of all we gotta talk about amande coleman because he was your teammate where did he finish on the list
2: um i believe he was number he was either number two or three um yeah, I don't I don't know exactly, but it was definitely
1: one of those two. So, you technically have another year of eligibility. You could have came back this year, right? You you chose not to like and congratulations cuz you're engaged, correct? Yes, yes I am. Thank you. <laughs> congratulations. But right, so like you technically you got another year and you, you know, last year you guys didn't have very many games cuz of COVID and everything. You could have climbed that ladder, man. You could have climbed. You could you could have left that for you, possibly the number one all time lean scorer. I know, I know. I know. Coach Haydock would have loved to have you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's something. Uh,
2: yeah, I look back on a little bit. Like, man, I could have moved up a little bit in the rankings, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I tried not to to uh, focus on like you know what could have happened. Because you can kind of get yourself in like a rabbit hole, but I'm I'm uh, I'm happy with the way everything kind of turned out, and. I had to make some, some decisions in life, you know, you, at a certain point you just have to make these certain decisions. And, you know, I chose, I chose the path that I wanted to go down and, you know, I, I'm super happy where I'm at now. So, you know, I can't really look back on it too much.
0: So let's talk real quick about how you accumulated all those points. You came in as a freshman and started every single game, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did.
0: Now, did you do that all four years? Did you start every game of your whole career?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did.
0: That's remarkable.
2: Yeah, thanks. <laughs>
0: so hold on. So you literally have
1: started, because right as a freshman, you started as well at Clovis West, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So for eight straight years, you started every single game that you played for the most part, correct? Or I don't know. I don't know if there's a game that you did not start at Clovis West, but right, there's eight years no. of starting yeah. every game. That's I, yeah. I don't know. Is there anybody else who's done that? I don't know if there's anybody else who's ever done that. That's remarkable. <sighs>
2: Yeah. It's, man. Yeah. I'm super blessed for, for that happening. I don't know how that happened, but hey, I'm, I'm super blessed for that, for that happening. Yeah. I mean, know, for that. Being,
0: yeah. you, you come in as a freshman. I mean, did, how quickly did you know, did, I mean, was that part of the plan? Did you know that was even an option that you were going to start so quickly?
2: No, no. I, um, same thing in high school. I, I just, I, I've always had that mentality. Like, I'm just going to go out there and, you know, play my hardest, try my best. And, I had no idea. I thought I was, you know, coming into high school, I thought I was going to be on JV my freshman year. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, when he's saying the starting lineup and I'm involved in that, I'm just like, yo, what what the heck? Like, how did I get myself in this situation? And kind of the same thing with college. You know, Coach Haddock didn't, didn't tell me, like, you're going to come and be a starter or anything. Uh, you just have to grind day in and day out. And that's kind of what I did. And that, that's kind of, you know, always been my mentality. You know, Egan had a pretty big impact on that. My parents obviously like they believe in hard work, and um, I just found myself in these situations where I, I just, you know, they're saying the starting lineup, and I'm involved in it, and I don't know why or how I got in that situation, but you know, it's just awesome that 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 just happened that way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's uh, I, like Jason said, I I don't think many people can uh, can make that claim that they started every game of their high school and college career. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I'm blessed.
0: <laughs> now, have you uh, you been able to get back this year? Have you been been able to go back and watch FPU play at all? Or
2: yeah, I did. I, I at the beginning of the year, um, I, I went to watch a couple of their games, but then they with the COVID rule, they they stopped allowing fans. So I haven't seen them in a while. That's right. But uh, yeah, I know they have a game coming up tomorrow. So I, um, now they're allowing fans back. So I'm definitely going to pull up to that and uh, check them out. It's for the the um the league, the back West.
1: Oh yeah, because they host the conference tournament, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's here in Fresno.
1: You, you know, if I was CJ, I'd have left your name on the roster just in case for like moments <laughs> like this. Like, <laughs> you know, you just been a DMP all year. All of a sudden, you're back in. We throw you a jersey. Nobody's gonna know. You know, like just throw you in there real quick.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well speaking of tomorrow this this episode's going to be out in a couple weeks but uh both of your alma maters have big games tomorrow.
2: Oh I know man Clovis West they are, they're really doing something this year.
0: What well, what's it like going back as an alum and watching watching the Golden Eagles play these days?
2: It's awesome. I got to go back. It was uh 2 weeks ago they played Memorial and uh it was a Saturday game and I just I walk into the gym and there's nowhere to sit. I'm like <laughs> this is this is insane there was a big line you know out the door and it's just like man this is this is my alma mater you know it's 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 an awesome experience I just I'm so glad that they're able to keep that you know like Clovis West mentality and just keep it at such a high level you know with Wahlberg he's been there you know quite a bit of years now so he's just had everybody that he gets he just puts a certain thing in their head and they're they're going to play hard that that's what they're going to do and he out coaches a lot of a lot of people he i'll just say it like he he really does um their last game they were down you know by a good amount at halftime and the whole second half he made adjustments and he just he was just a better coach and it's just it's so awesome to just see that you know being at being at the school and now just going back having that same atmosphere and it's just yeah it's it's a really great experience going going and watching the games.
0: Yeah. There's something there's, there's definitely something special about, you know, a, the big game environment in that gym. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's the, our student section, man, they, they, they go crazy all the time, obviously the parents and stuff, but the student section, they really know how to get under the other player's skins.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's uh yeah, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking back to the, the section championship game just last week. And man, it was absolutely in that might've been the most insane environment I've ever, I've ever witnessed in a high school game.
2: Yeah, man, they, they really know how to pack out the place. They have to put extra seating. They got guys standing up. You can't find a seat. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Hey Adrian, I, right, we seriously, I love the story. We, uh, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your evening to come in and just come in and chat with us.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was a great opportunity to, you know, be able to share a little bit about my my story and myself. So thank you guys for allowing me to do that.
0: Yeah, going down as a, I'm gonna say, it, going down as an FPU legend. You know, number five, all time leading scorer, Adrian Antunes. That's pretty special. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys, this is uh, off the bench. You've been listening to the Off the Bench podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at podoffthebench.